Hand Tool Woodworking Shop Notes is brought to you by the following sponsor. This is Hand Tool Woodworking Shop Notes for Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. My name is Chad LeMay and I'm back in the shop. Today I am going to be working on the shaker serving tray. At this point it's together and it's actually got finish on it. Well, it's not together. I shouldn't say that. I've got the sides together. The dovetails are all fitted and glued and everything's, and the joinery's done all i have to do is screw the base to the sides and then i'll be done yeah so what i'm going to do today is try to fix finish mistakes i was trying to get finish on this quickly last week and last week was shortened and i wanted to be able to give this away on sunday for a party that was postponed indefinitely so i've got time now what happened was I was trying to be diligent following the directions and putting a thin coat of tongue oil on and there are along the two uh, long sides on the outsides of the two long sides of the serving tray I've got bare spots on one side it's just one little spot smaller than a dime and on the other side it's a couple of different spots so I'm off in no man's land with this I obviously yeah I'm not sure what I'm doing. Let's be honest. I This will be the first time I've ever tried to fix a finish mistake. Oh, beyond beyond these bare spots, the first coat of wax I use was natural color, which is uh, light wax. Don't use light wax if you're using mahogany. Uh, use the dark wax. I've got both. I don't know what I was thinking. In some places where the wax dries, if you've got any leftover sanding scratches or something like that, It'll show up. It'll it'll show up. It'll accentuate the flaws of your of your finish because it dries kind of whitish. Uh, the dark wax would fill in the pores with a dark colored wax. That's what it's for. I don't know. Note to self. Hopefully you guys are smarter than me about this stuff. All right. So I think I think I'm gonna scrape. Yeah. That's my plan. Is to scrape the sides, just the sides that I have to touch up. So it'll be the sides where the joinery shows. Yeah, I was trying to fix it, and I, I, I was like, oh, maybe the dark wax will cover up my sins. And I went nuts and put the thickest possible layer of dark wax on the, uh, on the flawed sides. It didn't fix it, that's for sure. But yeah, so it got a lot of wax to remove. I'm thinking if I sand, it'll be too gummy, and I'll just chew through sandpaper. So I'm going to tune up my card scraper first. Okay, so I sharpened my card scraper, and then I scraped. I got a little bit of spelching because I was scraping past the unsupported end across the end grain of the uh, half-line dovetails. That was pretty dumb. I glued, I, it was just a little chip, but you don't want that. I mean, this thing's basically done already. Yeah, so I glued that little piece back in, and then I, from scraping, I went right to uh, 220, which is the highest grit that I sanded at and just sanded out the the two outside long edges so now i'm ready for finish this is an awful project boring boring day in the shop so this is hand tool woodworking shop notes for monday july 6 2020 my name is chad lemay and i'm back in the shop if you guys have been paying attention you'll realize that it's next week compared to just a few moments ago last week got away from we'll just say that i was able to fix the serving tray the sides look good I got it. I scraped it. I sanded it with my finished sandpaper, which I think was 220. I put on two coats tongue oil. Uh, that took two days. I put on dark wax. 
the offending faces, the outside of the long sides. It just came back down after what was effectively a long weekend because daycare was closed on Friday and screwed it together. So the serving tray is complete. I'll take some pictures for Instagram today. This one, I'm, I'm not crazy about. The sides look a little chunky. It's hard to get a grasp on if my proportions are appropriate. Otherwise, the sides do look a little chunky. So I've screwed it together. The screws are as tight as I dare, and they're clocked. I mean, they're they're Phillips. They're steel Phillips, but they're on the bottom, and it's, it's yeah. This project is what it is. It's not going to be for sale. Something I wish I'd done was to plane a, just a whisker of a hollow in all four sides where it where it meets uh, the serving where, where it meets the the tray part of the because i've got three uh, gappy corners and the way i screw it together is in the center of the sides underneath the handles it gets a screw and then in the center of long sides where there are no handles is a screw in, in each one of those sides uh, my reasoning is if there is expansion and contraction in the base which would get wider so the uh, the, the board would get wider, meaning the tray would get deeper because you hold it with the board going horizontal. And the flex of the long sides would allow that to happen rather than putting screws in the four corners. Anyway, that's the way I do these. The handle sides are definitely too thick. And the long sides are, are too thick too. I, I was using number eight screws, and I think the first one I did, I was able to come up with number six screws, which are a, a thinner diameter and thinner looks better. I mean, the handles on this are more comfortable, but it's, yeah, this is the kind of thing that sits on the shelf anyway. It's not, I mean, who uses a serving tray? I don't know. I don't. Anyway, yeah, this is, this is one's too small for a regulation plate, uh, like a dinner plate, whatever. I mean, you can get some drinks on it, but still, who uses that? Like, who entertains? I don't. Okay, so serving tray's done. All in all, last week working on the serving tray, it took, you know, half an hour here, half an hour there, just able to come down and spend that half an hour putting more finish on, basically. And the rest of the time, I worked on a sharpening stone box. I decided that my latest sharpening regime just uses the soft Arkansas and the strop. So I think I originally laid out the beginnings of a sharpening stone box for the my hard black Arkansas stone. Luckily, they're basically the same size. So I, I finished cleaning out the uh, the bottom mortise, uh, the top mortise. Yeah, I finished cleaning out the top mortise uh, for the box. Let me grab it, jog my neck. Finished cleaning out the top mortise for the box, all with a chisel, uh, using my, my one inch chisel. In it, I mean, so here's something I need to try to remember, and this might this might be a benefit to you guys too. If you if you're doing something and it and the operation is taking longer than you think it should, like I've spent the better part of a day trying to mortise the top of the box. Like I wanted it to be, it turned out to be about a half an inch, th uh, a half an inch deep, and this thing is about three inches wide and eight inches long. So just a half an inch deep, but three inch by eight inch mortise is is a monster. It would be a monster if you had a three inch wide mortising chisel. It's just a big, it's a big, it's a big one. It's a big job. So I bent, I spent the better part of a day establishing the two long edges of that and then uh, establishing the baselines. And it, I was just trying to waste out the middle, but coming back to it, wasting out the middle didn't take that long at all. I guess the, the moral of the story is if you, if you find that you're doing an operation and it's taking 
it feels like it's taking you too long, just put it down and do something else for a while. I find that when I when I do that and I come back to it, it's like, why, why was I doing it that way? I think I just build up momentum doing it this low, dumb way. So put it away, come back to it, and then I will, for me, it's put it away, come back to it, it'll be faster. I did the mortise and then I cleaned up what I do. Oh, I shaped the bottom and that was just basically scoop out a hollow in the bottom. So it looks like when you're looking at it, there's a feet either side, nice gentle swoop. And I did that. I've, I feel like I did that in a clever way where I didn't waste a ton of time doing it. I got the bulk of it out with just the one inch chisel, just kind of bashing it out. And then I cleaned it up with uh, a carving gouge. And I decided that was going to be the texture on the bottom. It's not square across. It comes to a little bit of a peak in the middle, but it's the bottom of the box. It's going to be. It's going to be down. I'm not going to see it. I also around the base uh, scratched in with a scratch stock a bead uh, that would give you that gives you a little bit of texture to 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 pick it up. That way you don't just grab the top and a little bit of the bottom and end up just hanging on the bottom and dropping, sorry, just hanging on the top and dropping the bottom and the stone. So the bead has a little bit of function and it looks good. And then on the top, I put a, a pretty aggressive uh, chamfer to, to mirror that bead. So yeah, so that little uh, here. Oh, and then I also tried, and I was reluctant to do this, but I'd heard that the old timey way to do it is to drive a finish nail into the bottom and then snip it off with some dikes or wire cutters or nail nail snippers or whatever you as close as you can to you know to make that nail go away. Obviously, you leave the nail sticking out that way you have something to snip off. And I was reluctant to do that because it's like it'll leave a little dent in your bench, but my bench is just battered, so whatever. And then at the same time, lately I've always had a piece of cork. I've got the sheet cork. Uh, hanging out on my bench so if it comes to it i can make a little sharpening tray you know protect the bench if i ever am able to graduate to a nice bench uh, i'm not there now so i'm not worried about it and then let's see i finished the i finished the box with tongue oil uh one coat of tongue oil everywhere inside and out I'll let that dry and then i did a coat of black paste wax because i used mahogany on this same yeah black paste wax i learned my lesson and it looks fine oh yeah and the other cool thing is on the base i i've got the number and letter stamps so i stamped soft soft arkansas soft arc on one side and c lamay on the other side of the end grain on this thing so i think it looks pretty sharp and it holds my stone so I feel like a grown-up now. And then the last time I was down here, I was like, I have a stone, another stone that I use all the time, and it's a little pocket stone. Let me grab it. I've had this for, over, yeah, for well, like 15 years. It's a little over an inch and one, three, five. It's an inch and almost five-eighths wide and four inches long and a half-inch thick. So I wanted to make a little box for this as well. I was tempted to use basswood because I know that would be... That would be the easiest stuff to work with. Let's let's say that. Um, not quite sure how long it would last, uh, so I got uh, some other offcuts of mahogany, and then I was dimensioning those the last day in the shop here, and was trying to clean up some of the end grain. My cut was not exactly square, and I was planing it with my block plane. I had it up in the vise and I was planing it with my block plane and trying to be careful about it. I barely needed to take any off just to square it up with just a whisker and I got some spelching and blew out the end. I called it a day at that because I 
I put some glue on it, taped, used blue tape as a clamp. I, I didn't blow it all the way out like missing chip, so I was able to glue it back. So I've got that piece ready to go, and I've decided that I need a shooting board. I can, if I have a, a reliable shooting board, I can get this, I can get these two pieces that'll be the top and the bottom of my new, my new sharpening stone box for my, my little, you know, pocket sharpening stone. This is an oil stone as well. Yeah, I can get that sorted out in a matter of five minutes. The problem is my shooting board is a hunk of junk. I, I think I tried to make it in two hours and yeah, I used, uh, like I think it's quarter inch MDF for the the base. I, I don't know if I screwed on. Yeah, let's say that I screwed on a board on top of that. It's it's stupid. And anyway, it's not quite square. It's a little gappy. Is problems and it the MDF has warped. Or no, it's not MDF. It's hardboard, but it's warped. So it's yeah, it's not reliable. Like we'll call it that. So I I want to make one kind of in the style that Paul Sellers does. Uh, has made is it Hayward? Is it Charles Hayward? I think it is the the Lost Art Press books. He in in his shooting boards, it's always and the Sellers does this as well. Not quite mortise, but make a groove for the the backstop, if you will, and and that'll hold the backstop. And it's a good way to keep it square too, perpendicular to the action of the plane. But then this morning, I was watching uh, James Wright, Wood by Wright, and he was advocating actually plowing a groove wide enough for your plane, which is a clever idea. And then you can control the groove and make sure that you're just deep enough. That way you're not wasting a ton of material. Uh, the tricky part would be finding something wide enough. The widest stuff I have, I think, is more of this crazy mahogany that I've been working with so far. Uh, wacky, uh, wacky reversing grain stuff. I guess the other challenge I'm going to run into is finding a chunk of material that's tall enough to accommodate the entire width of the plane blade um, which would give me the most utility give me the most utility in that i can plane something that's i can i can clean up something that's as as wide as the plane blade i, de I decide to use and i'm not sure if i'm going to be using my block plane which is just a, a low angle block plane a stanley sweetheart low angle block with a, a less wide blade or my the plane that I use for jointing now, which is a, a monster. Why is that? Two and three eighths. Plenty wide enough. Yeah, the the jointer one has the advantage of it's it's huge and heavy. So chances are that's that's what I'll use. But rambled forever. Let me get going on. I gotta find materials. I gotta. Okay, so I think I've made some material decisions here. I was playing with a piece of poplar that was like eight inches wide. I've decided I'm going to use, or I'm going to build this for my my big jointer plane. I'll be able to use the block plane if I want. To. If I build it for the block plane, I won't be able to use the, the jointer. So I'm going to build it for the big one. And I decided to scrap, wow, that is a fully 12 inch wide board. I just I decided to scrap the, the poplar. I'm going to go with that mahogany. It's, it's a full 12 inches wide. It's probably 40 years old. At least, at least that's what the dust looks like. Yeah, and I have a hunk of what I believe to be walnut that is two and a half by two and a half square. This is the leg material here. Riffs on. I figure lean into it, right? I could pull this off with a iron button. If I'm using 12 inch wide mahogany, let's go for it. We'll make the uh, the backstop wedge out of uh, 
walnut. Let's do it. All right, I'm all cleaned up as much as I'm gonna get. Yeah, I, I ended up using three my three planes, the, the scrub plane, uh, the jointing plane, uh, and the smoother. It, it, initially, I was going to get one face, you know, 90% flat, and then run it through the jointer, just so I could have a nice, nice pristine face to work off of. And then as I got closer and closer, I was like, I don't have to do that. I can just get this one, just this one face flat and clean enough, and that'll be good. That's why I got my, my smoothing plane out. It's not perfect. At, at In one corner, there's some really, really wild grain, like a branch that's starting. And that's a little checky in some of the branchy grain. And there's still a, uh, at that at that end, which is going to be uh, the end that's closest to the user, so the least the least important end. There's still a, what do you, a mark from the sawmill. Yeah, there's still a mark from the... And then I... I got a, a true edge. The ends don't have to be perfectly square. It's fine. They're, the bottom is going to be rough from the sawmill. I'm right-handed, so operating my the left. The left edge is still rough from the sawmill as well. I wanted to true the the right edge because I'm going to be using uh, my marking gauge to make the track. The plane will. Yeah. So I'm ready to mark out. I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out how to do that as I go. Okay. So I've got my I've got my track laid out. And I've got my my line uh, my my 90 degree line laid out. The the track for the plane was just with the marking gauge. I get, I gave myself three quarters of an inch, and then measured the height of the wall of the plane. Added that marking gauge line again. And I've got the two sides of the track. Before I cut in my my perpendicular line, my 90 degree, uh, the leading edge of the 90 degree line, I double checked my square on this board and it was square so I'm, I'm happy with that and I'm thinking I'm not gonna I'm not going to um, make the wedge-shaped dado I guess this is a I'm not gonna make the wedge-shaped dado and then try to make a wedge to fit it I think I'm gonna make the wedge and then size the dado to fit it also I had to scrap the the walnut because it wasn't gonna be tall enough I wanted something that's gonna be tall enough to reach the 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 what'll be the top of the blade so i needed i think two and a half inches something like that i found a piece of pine it's uh old school pine and the good stuff i'll end up having to cut like a half inch or rip like a half inch down off of this uh just so i don't hit the the top of what'll be the top of the sole of the plane probably not anywho yeah so i'm gonna start routing i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna route the i'm gonna route the track first that's what i'm gonna do all right, so we'll get started with that. I, imag I imagine I'll be chopping uh, to define the walls, and then I might be able to just plow away. It looks like the grain's all going in, almost all of it's going in the same direction. Hopefully I can just plow with the my router plane. All right, I need to stop for the day. Where I'm at is I've got my, uh, my track for the plane groove started about uh, 32nd, but it's a, the bottom of the groove is parallel to the top of the shooting board. And I've also, I've got the leading edge, let's say, uh, of the backstop groove started. That way I, I'll be able to register uh, what'll be my wedge and strike a cut the back of the wedge from there. We'll see if my theory holds up. We'll see how long the rest of this routing takes tomorrow. For the record, I've been doing this for like two hours. All right. This is Hand Tool Woodworking Shop Notes for... Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. My name's Chad LeMay and I'm back in the shop. I, I came down here yesterday, but I did not record. Uh, I just wanted to work on the groove. And my theory 
about being quicker once you step away and come back to it. I, I don't know if it held up or not. I only got like three hours in. I think I screwed around for an hour. I ended up changing the the blade in my router from a quarter inch up to a half inch. A half inch blade I'd never used, so I took the time to, um, I guess, quote, flatten the back and then sharpen it or hone it. It works great. I don't know what I was doing with the quarter inch blade. Uh, the half inch blade's easier to sharpen because it's the blade the blade itself comes off and it's got a little like a holder designed for sharpening so that's nice all right so at the end of the day i got the i got the groove to the appropriate depth yesterday uh right where i wanted it and then i put the plane in in place oh i I had to spend some time uh widening the sides with the file just a little bit of fine tuning Uh, so i probably spent about 40 minutes doing that just to get the plane to slide back and forth where where it was where it's captured and there's just a a little bit of play i'll still have to hold hold it in place but whatever so at the end of the day yesterday i put i put the plane in the track and i put the square up to it uh just in front of where the stop will be and i found that it's not it's not square it was out a little bit at the bottom so i had a little bit of a gap at the bottom meaning that if i were to plane a piece of stock it would be well it wouldn't be square from top to bottom so today i got down here i've been down here for probably an hour and i was like i know what i'll do i'll put some blue tape uh, along one edge and then i will use the router again and try to take off a layer going all the way across and that'll uh, that'll cant the bottom of the groove appropriately and then it'll bring it into square and i would do that i'd peel the tape back and check again and it it, it wasn't fixing it and finally realized that I could, I've got that three inch, three eighths inch strip of material along the outside of the groove on the outside of the shooting board. I realized I could plane that down a little bit, get rid of the blue tape, plane that piece down a little bit, and uh, run the router on those two because that would that would cant the bottom of the groove in the appropriate direction to bring uh, to bring my plane square to you know, where the stock will be on the face of the shooting board. So I tried that with one, I got, I, I'm getting better with the routing plane. I was able to get it tuned and get one complete pass on the whole thing. And I, I, I checked it again and it didn't, it didn't work. And then I, I looked and I've got the blade of, not the working edge of the blade, but the, the plane iron itself, where it sticks up through the back of the plane, was resting on that 3H, three-eighths inch piece of material so there wasn't enough clearance there and that was that was canting it I mean it was I mean the whole the whole side of the plane itself wasn't resting on the bottom of the of the of the groove so I planed the stripe down that that the stock on on the outside of the groove down even more uh, to to provide some clearance and now I've got I've got some clearance and as it turns out I overdid it with the geometry on the bottom of the groove. So now I've got to try to get this groove. I got to try to get this groove. I got to try to get my groove back. I'm toying with the idea of, I haven't figured it out. I don't know quite what to do because now I can't reference off both sides of, what's it called, of the groove because I plane the stock down on one side lower than, you know, the what should be my reference face, the, you know, the broad face of the shooting board. I don't think I can reach, let me see. I can. I can reach. I can reach the whole thing with the sole of my 
router. So maybe I'll try to do a pass just with the router referencing off the what'll be the reference face. Of, yeah, let's do that. That'll. I was thinking about maybe just getting after the face of the shooting board with the plane. Maybe I'd spend enough time screwing around with the router, but I'll see if I can fix it in, uh, in one or two passes here. Okay, so I finally fixed it. It took a lot more than one or two passes, that's for sure. But it's fixed, and I'm going to move on. So the groove that holds the plane is is okay. It's not too deep. I was worried about making it too deep because I had to keep going back over. But, but it'll do. So now I'm going to cut the wedge out of my block and then use the wedge to make sure everything or I'll sorry I'll cut the wedge out of my block and then I'll use the wedge to scribe a line and then I can cut the the groove that'll hold the wedge all right so I need to try to cut a wedge that is square all right cutting the wedge was no problem I was able to clean it up and square it up to my reference face the reference face is going to be touching the work that'll be shot on the shooting board and the reference edge down um, captured in uh, captured in the groove. I, I plowed out the groove too. That went a lot faster because I'm plowing across the grain. It just worked a lot cleaner. Uh, I started out by deepening my scribe lines and periodically doing that as I went and eventually I stopped doing that where the bevel edge of the router plane meets the side of the iron it's really sharp and square so I was basically able to I was basically able to use that like a, uh, almost like a scratch stock and just get into the corners and keep moving down uh, as I applied the groove so that worked out um, yeah I didn't even have to use the file I've got it I've got it uh, um, almost all the way down to the groove that will hold the plane I don't know it's just barely just barely above that and it fits in there good I put my square up to it and it's square it's yeah it's square in uh, both directions the the last thing I have to do is cut it because as I as I put the wedge in it sticks further into the groove than that that'll house the the plane than it than it should I mean that's kind of by design you you fit it good and then you you, you make a mark and cut that off. So that that last cut is going to be imperative that it too is also square. I think it's going to be. Anyway, I'm going to treat it like it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't want it to drift away in one direction or the other because you'll get blowout. So, I mean, once the wedge is in appropriately and appropriately sized, I'll be able to test it. And then I'm kind of back and forth on this. I'm, it's... It doesn't feel like it's going to go anywhere. It's housed by, let me measure this. It's housed by 5 sixteenths of meat on either side. So, you know, a little over a quarter. I mean, in the wedge itself, it's long, 10 inches long. Um, and at the narrow end, it's about the ruler. Yeah, inch and three-eighths. I don't know. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll get it cut and I'll try it. I guess what I've been waffling about for the last minute is whether to put a screw up through the bottom to hold the wedge in keep it it's probably not a bad idea once i get it set i'd hate for it to come loose not i'm not so much worried about it well no i mean that would solve two problems that's what hayward suggests is you you set the stop in a wedge and then put a screw in it to keep it from coming loose i mean it can come loose straight up or it could 
back itself out and the screw would definitely solve that so i probably will end up but i gotta call it for the day we'll be back down tomorrow to hopefully finish this thing and see how she shoots this is hand tool woodworking shop notes for thursday july 9th 2020 my name's chad lemain i'm back in the shop all right so i've been down here for probably two hours i got the wedge fitted and fed it fettled a little bit I took off a, a little bit of the bottom of the wedge where the where the sole of the plane would be hitting it. I cut the wedge shorter so the so the top so when the plane's on its side the top of the sole of the plane won't be hitting it. I cut it to length, meaning I cut off a little bit what, of what'll be the working edge of the wedge as a backstop. Yeah, I guess I'm oh, I also I've, I've been kind of bouncing all around here. Oh, I also um, uh, put a chamfer on the back of the wedge so the wedge itself won't have blowout. And in getting it in place and testing it, and I'm starting to take a whisker of a shaving off the wedge. I felt the need for the hook part of the uh, the shooting board that'll that'll rest against the front of the bench. That way, I don't just push the whole thing off. So I found a piece of stock for that. I got a a leftover piece of poplar, two by two. Is that nominal? Let's see. Yes. One and a half by one and a half. It's just the right length for, yeah, it matches in length. And I went to you know, hold that up to the bottom and it was really rocky. So there's a, a crown a crown in the bottom of the board uh, that I never bothered, bothered to take out. So, all right, so I cleaned, up, I cleaned everything up and got ready to clean up the bottom of the board. And I ended up just doing the first two inches or so, just enough to get this thing to lay flat. I'm, my concern is that if I do the whole thing, it'll release more stress from the board. And who knows, I might, yeah, this, this thing might still be moving. So this whole project might go, go in the bin next week or just be, need to be dismantled and, and retuned. But for now, I just did the, the first two inches. I'm thinking that is going to be fine. And I am ready to screw this thing into place. The, the, the longest screws that I have, ugh are no good or are too long the i guess most size appropriate screws that i have are what are these one and five eighths exterior like deck screws with a star bit they'll be going up through the bottom so they, they shouldn't be seen i'll end up i'm i mean they're they're self-tapping as it were but i don't trust that especially in the mahogany so i'm going to i'm going to uh, do some extensive pre-drilling and i'll end up recessing these into the uh, the, the piece that I'm screwing onto the, the shooting board itself. So, yeah. So it's time to screw right now. All right, I got the hook installed. That was really no problem at all. I just used screws. I didn't put any glue on there. Uh, that way I can take it off if need be. Possibly take it off to, to chamfer all the edges and do the final cleanup. So I knocked the, the wedge into place, and I'm testing it out with a, just a little piece of maple. I believe this is maple. Ultimately, it's mystery. Yeah, so I'm testing it out, and it's it's not like fully blowing out, but I'm not getting a, a full clean shaving all the way all the way across. I've got like a little fibers sticking up on the end there, so I'm not not able to accurately test for square because of that along that axis because of the fibers that are just hanging on at the end there. And when I look closely at the wedge, I can see that the the pine is compressed. The maple's a lot harder than the pine. I was concerned that this could be a problem. I was right. So I'm reluctant to make a whole new wedge, so I'm thinking I might be able to get away with 
hogging out a little bit of material from the leading edge of the wedge and fitting in um, a piece of harder wood. Yeah, that's my potential solution to that. So let me root around and see if I can find something that'll... I found some, uh, yeah, probably the... I've got some what could be, I doubt it. No, I'm going to use, I've got some uh, some hickory floorboards that I was, apparently they were installed, they were the wrong, they were the wrong material, they didn't want the hickory, they wanted something, and they got thrown away, and one of my former customers uh, grabbed a bunch, and he gave me a couple of boards, so I just tried the fingernail test with my, quote, maple mystery wood, and I can get a little bit of a dent in there, and the hickory is unyielding. So I'm going to use a little bit of that. I was thinking about trying to get the end grain to present, but I think the face grain is going to be just fine. This is Hand Tool Woodworking Shop Notes for Friday, July 10th, 2020. My name is Chad LeMay and I'm back in the shop. I had to quit in a hurry last night. I lost track of time and, and then it was really time to go. Just trying to get a piece that would fit, basically. Just trying to dimension a piece of the hickory so I could scab it in to to the wedge. Took longer than I expected. I ended up using the electric planer and I just ran the I ran a, a full board through. So I've got I've got one board ready to go in the scrap pile. Uh, should I need it cuz I actually only used a piece out of that I was able to cut and only use a piece that, that is the board if you're thinking about a board with normal grain, the board itself is only an inch and an eighth long. It's not wide board, it's one three five eighths and five eighths thick and it is about two and an eighth wide. So now you know which way I've got the, uh, the grain running. And I got down here today, my, my goal for today is to put finish on this thing. To get it knocked up so it works and then put finish on it. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, I do ha I do have the 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 piece of hickory I got so excited with. Anyway, I've got that installed, if you will. I used a couple of screws. I went through my brass screws to try to get something that was aesthetically pleasing and I found two that were short enough that would work. I drilled out I I I clamped the I don't know what you'd call this. Anyway, I clamped the hickory into place after I got it to fit. I clamped it into place and then I drilled out for the screws. And after I drilled out for the screws, I looked at the, the head of one of the screws had been filed or sanded and it's steel. So they're, I mean, there's steel screws that look like brass, but one of them is brass and one of them is steel. So yeah, at least it's just a shop project. And then I glued it and I screwed the screws in. And the screws will serve as clamps while the glue dries. I just used regular, was it Titebond original? So in another 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I'll be, that'll be as, as strong as I need it to be to, to do a little more finish work on it. As soon as I screwed the screws in, I realized that I wouldn't be able to plane. I do have them recessed, just a whisker, but I want to, I want to be able to plane, you know, the, the face where the board is going to go up to it. So it looks like I'm going to have to sand instead. And luckily for me, I've got powered sanding options. I picked up a benchtop Rikon sander to use in making the shaker style beer cozies. I put it on back order in January and they finally called me like 
last month. So six months in the waiting. I haven't turned it on yet, but I do have it set up down here. I don't have dust collection that'll fit. So I'll have to rig it something up. There's always something. Before you do something, there's always something else, right? Maybe I'll just rig up the belt sander. I don't know. I guess I can plane the other faces and just save the sanding for that face. Maybe I'll just do it by hand. It's not much. It's just a 64th or so that the hickory stands proud. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure that out. I am going to clean up though. My bench is a mess, but I'll keep you guys posted on what happens next. All right, I got the wedge cleaned up and operational. I just did a test. I decided after some trial and error that a giant chunk of pine is not an excellent test, nor is a piece of hard maple. So I got one of those inch and a half square pieces of poplar that came nice and true. So the that way as dust accumulates down there, it doesn't push the, the plane up out of tree. So I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. I was thinking maybe the a carving gouge. Yes, actually that wouldn't be. Let me get out my carving gouges. Maybe a, I was thinking maybe a saw curve would do it also, but that wouldn't really be wide enough. Let me get a carving gouge out. Let's start with that. V gouge to the rescue. That didn't take long at all. All right, so now I got my dust groove and I'm ready to put this thing together. Actually, no, I need chamfer. Eh, the whole day before I get finished. I'm, I'm going to chamfer all the edges just to make it less sharp when I pick it up. Okay, the edges have all been chamfered. I'm ready to put a coat of tongue oil on this thing. I just went upstairs just to, I guess, stretch my legs and check the mailbox. And I got a little present for myself. I got uh, replacement parts for the Norris, is it called, assembly for my Stanley Sweetheart number four smoother. I abused the thing when I first got it, not really understanding how to use it. I abused the, the threads and I have so much slop, it's, it's nearly impossible to to set it and yeah I just I just stretched the threads out this way and that trying to set it when it was torqued down doing a bunch of just generally dumb things so I randomly probably three weeks ago just noodling around on my phone decided to see if I could find replacement parts ereplacementparts.com had some or had the ability to get them they were special order from from those guys and then they were on back order from their supplier eventually I got them well, eventually it's today. So I'm going to hit this with tongue oil real quick and set it aside to dry plain parts. The, the plan for the finishing is I'll do tongue oil. Once that dry, I'll, I'll steel wool it back and then coat a paste wax, dark wax, that is, because there's tons of tear out on it. Being a piece of uh, sh a shop fixture, I'm not worried about the look of it. But dark wax, and then that's dry. I'll fit the wedge and I'll put a screw in it. To hold it down. Uh, the few times I did try planing something hard, you know how sometimes you get that knock, like you try to take too big of a, a bite on the end and the whole thing shudder, like a knocking noise, and the plane will stop moving, and you'll just have a kind of a gouge. I did that, and what happens is it, it rocks the backstop, the wedge, it, it rocks that back a little bit, like it wants to pop it out. So I'm definitely going to put a screw in. I'm going to do that after the finish is on. I don't care. It'll be fine. And yeah, the, the, the most important thing is if I can get a true 90 degrees in all directions and grain planing off of this. That's, that's, yeah, that's the whole point of it, right? I don't know. I think I got a little caught up by using a, an 11 inch wide piece of mahogany and trying to make it look pretty, but whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got a coat of oil on. 
putting the oil on the underside of this thing, which was just rough sawn from the mill, I regret not just getting after it with a scrub plane just to just to knock it back a little bit because that surface from the sawmill is super thirsty. I used a lot of oil. All right, so I got all my oil on. I I switched out the 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 Norris assembly and fooled around with it a bunch and it feels like there's an equal amount of slop. So I don't know if I introduce slop or that that's just how these things work. So you loosen the basically you loosen the cap iron and then you start backing it out and you end up turning that knob like four four or five times before it starts to move the iron and then get that if you turn it the other way you get that same four or five before it starts to move the iron that's what i was hoping to eliminate maybe maybe a half turn i, th I feel like would be appropriate but i don't know it, i guess they design it like that or maybe that's the best they could do i don't know i think in setting it up it's like I felt like I learned something. I definitely can't explain how that works. It's like it's got on the post that you turn. There's there's threads going one way on a nut that keeps it stable in the in the plane, and then threads going another way on a little I don't know hanger that controls the the plane iron. So you turn it and it it's like it gears it down. So you're not you know it's not just a one for one. I don't I. Sure. I, I guess that's the point of it, is it, it gears down your turning so you can get a finer adjustment, maybe? We'll see. I don't quite understand it. I, I was able to adjust it a little better, but I think that's just because I was trying to understand it more and paying more attention. We'll, yeah, I'm still not convinced on this uh, Norris style. I think it's okay for a block plane because you just kind of set that, and then once you find what you like, you leave it at that forever, basically. But for a number four, could use a little more dexterity. Anyway, I'm going to call it for now. I'll have pictures on Instagram um, by the time I upload this. Awesome. Okay, so this has been Hand Tool Woodworking Shop Notes for the week of, what is it, July? The beginning of July. Uh, my name is Chad LeMay. Thanks for listening again. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Chad LeMay. Or you can check out my website, chadlemay.com. We'll bring you to handtoolwoodworking.com which is more or less just a portal to Instagram and the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, yeah, buy a beer cozy. They're awesome. Most underrated thing of 2020.